Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, we're getting ready to start our study in Exodus today. We're in chapter 9, verse 8. We're looking at the sixth plague, boils. We'll look at the seventh plague, hail. The eighth plague, locusts. And it's all because Pharaoh's heart was still hardened. Isn't it interesting that in all these stories, these provide us stories to tell our children and our grandchildren. It provides stories that really illustrate what a hardened heart does and how it affects everyone around you. It affects your friends and your family. It affects your job and your security. And you might not realize it. You can be blinded to what's going on around you with a hard heart. And that's how people sometimes respond to God's Word. They have pride, and the pride won't let people respond to the Word of God. And when God is moving, and God directs things in people's lives, if it really is from God, sometimes it affects our pride. Sometimes we have to have a servant's heart, and sometimes we have to be patient. Sometimes we have to understand that God is working in all these things, and the Israelites have to understand that God is working His purposes. He is using their slavery so that He can proclaim His Word to the rest of the world, to all mankind. So sometimes our circumstances don't look so great, but we have to understand that God puts us and disperses His people for certain reasons. But our job is to remain faithful to the Word of God, to remain patient also as we wait in our faith, in in our trust, in our hope. So we see lessons Uh, from Pharaoh about hard hearts. We see lessons from the Israelite people about being patient and being faithful. And 
We see, patience, we see lessons from Moses as a leader who has to trust in God. That God can use a man even in his weakness. A man that is not self-confident or feels like he doesn't belong or he's the imposter syndrome. What an interesting way to look at Moses as sort of the modern-day man who feels he's got imposter syndrome, who doesn't belong, who is living somebody else's life. Somebody else should be here to receive all these blessings or to do what God wants. I'm not good enough. And God says, I made you. I made everything about you. Why would you say you're not good enough? So, with that in mind, let's jump right in. Chapter 9, verse 8, And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the kill, and Moses, um, and let Moses throw them in the air in the sight of Pharaoh, and it shall become fine dust over all the land of Egypt, and become boils, breaking out in sores on man and beast, Throughout all the land of Egypt. Boy, that would drive me crazy. Having boils all over your body, that would drive me crazy. Verse 10, so they took soot from the kiln, and I, I guess that's the fireplace, and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses threw it in the air and became boils, breaking out in sores on man and beast. Now, McGee says probably when he's in the presence of Pharaoh, Pharaoh would have probably been the first one to get the boils on him. And then everybody around him. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils came upon the magicians and become all the and upon all the Egyptians. So he couldn't stand bef- the, the couldn't even stand before um, Pharaoh or, or in the presence of Pharaoh. They had to leave because they were now unclean. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not listen to them as the Lord had spoken to Moses. So now we come to verse 13. The seventh plague is going to be hail. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go so they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues on yourself and on your servants and on your people. Okay, so now he's saying the plagues are going to be personal now. They're coming to the people. They're not just going to affect the, the Nile River or, the, or it's not going to affect the animals. It's going to start affecting people, your people. So that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. So there's a purpose for these plagues, so that you may know who I am. Verse 15, For by now I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, and you would have been cut off from the earth. But for this purpose I've raised you up. So God's now telling Pharaoh, You're Pharaoh because I put you in your position. You don't understand that. But it's, I put you in a position to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. You are still exalting yourself against my people and will not let them go. 
Okay, so he's saying, look, I put you in this position just so I can show everybody who I am, including you. Verse 18, behold, about this time tomorrow, I will cause very heavy hail to fall, such as never been in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. Now, therefore, send and get your livestock so that and all that you have in the field into safe shelter. For every man and beast that is in the field and is not brought home will die when the hail falls on them. Now, isn't this interesting? For the first time, God's telling him what he's doing, but he's giving Pharaoh or anybody that listens a way to save themselves. So God is saying, I'm doing this so that you may know who I am and my name may be proclaimed, but I'm giving you a way to save yourselves. Isn't this interesting? So people who hear about this, they can believe in God's word or they can believe in Pharaoh's word. They can believe in God to protect them. God's word to protect them. God's word to save them. Or the word of a man, Pharaoh. And all these gods are just created by the word of a man. Who are you going to place your faith in? God's word or the word of a man? God's word or the word of a man with a prideful heart that thinks he can create gods or he can create his own wisdom. Who are you going to believe to be saved? Wow. It's like a little mini gospel message right here, isn't it? Why is there problems in the world today? Why is there still sin in the world? Why are evil people still in power? God says right here, I did this. I raised certain people up. I raised Pharaoh up. I raised certain rulers up. I raised certain terrorists up or whatever so that I can show my power, so that I can show what faith can do to stand up to this. I can show what people of low power can do if they just trust in me. I can show that it is the fear of God in the world that triumphs over the fear of man or politics or man's power. That's why I raise certain things up. That's why a certain evil still exists exists in the world, I could stretch out my hand and crush it all. But I've raised people up to show my power so that the real power is faith in my words, not in man's words. I'm giving mankind the opportunity to have faith in my words. If I got rid of all the evil, Mankind wouldn't have the opportunity to have faith in my words. Faith in my words is what saves you. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Faith in my words will save you. Verse 20, Then whoever feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh hurried 
his slaves and his livestock into the houses. So there were some that feared the word of the Lord more than the word of Pharaoh. And they were saved. But whoever did not pay attention to the word of the Lord left his slaves and his livestock in the field. And I wonder to this day, it's not in my study Bible and McGee didn't go over, but I wonder to this day, were there Egyptians that started believing in God? I wonder. We don't know. How many Egyptians started worshiping God through all this? And through the subsequent plagues that were to come, were placing their faith in God. Or perhaps were praying to God but didn't know they didn't have a Bible or an Old Testament or a prophet, but they had the Word of God. And they just prayed. How many? Then, verse 22, what the Lord, you know, He had His purposes. Verse 22, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven so that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt on man and beast and every plant of the field in the land of Egypt. Verse 23, Then Moses stretched out his staff toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire ran down to the earth. And the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt, and there was hail and fire flashing continually in the midst of the hail, very heavy hail, such as never been in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck down everything that was in the field in all the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And the hail struck down every plant of the field and broke every field, every tree of the field. That's big time hail to break trees. Only in the land of Goshen, where the people of Israel were, was there no hail. Then Pharaoh sent and called Moses and Aaron and said to them, This time I've sinned. Look at Pharaoh toying with the word sin here. This time, not the other times, but this time. He has, his heart hasn't changed, or he would have, if he really would have repented, he would have said, I've, I've sinned this whole time. But no, it's just this time. The Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. Plead with the Lord, for there's been enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. Moses said to him, As soon as I've gone out of the city, I will stretch out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, so that you may know the earth is the Lord's. So in other words, everything is in God's possession. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. How many of us today walk around here thinking the earth is man's? Or thinking that this is my piece of property or this is this nation's piece of property. It's all God's. And we don't sometimes act like it all belongs to God. This is my house. This is my backyard. This is my, you know, 
God says it's all mine. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. How many of us today walk around loving God but not fearing Him? Feeling like God is maybe like a Santa Claus figure that just brings us blessings. But we don't fear God because it's not that God is scary, but we don't fear God because of how much sin we're in. And God is so holy and we are so sinful, that ought to make us really scared because sinful people cannot be in God's presence. God will judge sin and punish sin. He loves the people, but He hates the sin. And He has to judge the sin and punish the sin. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. Verse 31. The flax and the barley were struck down, for the barley was in the ear, and the flax was in the bud. But the wheat and the emmer were not struck down, for they were laid in coming up. It's interesting that the Bible is so specific as to what plants were destroyed and what plants were not destroyed. But don't, but don't you worry. Something's coming later on to take care of the wheat and the emmer that weren't struck down. That'll come later when the locusts come. Verse 33, So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and stretched out his hands to the Lord, and the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain no longer poured upon the earth. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and thunder had ceased, he sinned yet again and hardened his heart he and his servants, so that the heart of Pharaoh was hardened and he did not let the people of Israel go just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. Again, how tragic is the unrepentant heart. It's pride, pride in yourself and a false belief in man's word rather than God's word. Chapter 10, here come the locusts. Then the Lord said to Moses, go and to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine among them, and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and of your grandson how I have dealt harshly with the Egyptians and what signs I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. He says he's doing all this so you can tell this to your children and your grandchildren. I'm showing my people who I am so that you may know that I am the Lord. He's telling this to Pharaoh so that you may know I'm the Lord. That you may know I'm the Lord. Because that's a remember that's what Pharaoh said in the beginning. Who is this God of yours? So, God is continuing to answer him with every plague. Verse 3, So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? And again, we have to humble ourselves to God too when we repent. Repent means change your heart and turn away. Repent means, it kind of has two meanings. Change your mind 
in turn. Being humble. You can't come to God unless you're humble. Let my people go that they may serve me, for you refuse to let my people go. Behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your country, and they shall cover the face of the land so that no one can see the land, and they shall eat what is left to you after the hail. And they shall eat every tree of yours that grows in the field, and they shall fill your houses and the houses of your servants and all of the Egyptians, as neither your fathers nor your grandfathers have seen from the day they came on earth to this day. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Now, that's, this is devastating when these locusts are going to come. Verse 7, Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet understand that Egypt is ruined? Here you have some of Pharaoh's servants now feeling that God's word is stronger than man's word, that Pharaoh's word, and that everything Pharaoh has is powerless, standing up to God. And don't you understand that the country is ruined? You know, let these people go, you know? And it's it's like my study Bible points out that they're suggesting that he's not even acting on behalf of his people anymore, as a ruler should, because of his pride, he's letting the country fall into ruins. You know, just get rid of these people. Egypt is ruined. It's interesting that they say, let the men go. They don't say, let everybody go. So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. And he said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God, but which ones are to go? And Moses said, We will go with our young and our old. We will go with our sons and our daughters and with our flocks and herds, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. So Pharaoh's thinking, and in the back of his mind, his servant said, Just let the men go. So he's, he doesn't even, even want to ask Moses first, he doesn't even want to tell Moses, let the men go. He wants to know who Moses wants to leave first, hoping Moses will compromise with him. Moses comes in and doesn't compromise. Moses comes in and says, we want to go with everybody. Now, Pharaoh has just heard from his servants. Now he has the choice to listen to the word of his servants or to listen to the word of God. At this point, Pharaoh is put in a position. Who are you going to trust? The word of your, your uh, servants and advisors? Your learned men? Your holy men? Or are you going to trust God's word? Coming from Moses. So now, what does Pharaoh do? He rationalizes. He makes up something that makes sense to him so that he can trust the word of his own servants, and thus fuel his own pride at the same time. That's what rationalization does. He said to them, The Lord be with you if I ever let you and your little ones go. In other words, he's saying, 
If I let you and your little ones go, and the Lord's with you, you're out of here. Look, you have some evil purpose in mind. You have something up your sleeve that's evil. If I let your young ones go, you're going you're gonna to be able to execute your evil plans. So I'm not going to let you execute your evil plans. I'm going to hold on to your little ones and you go do your worshiping. But I'm going to keep you from doing evil. What a, what a wise Pharaoh I am. Right? He's stoking his own pride. No, go, the men among you, and serve the Lord. For that is what you are asking. Okay? You want to serve the Lord? You go. But I'm going to hold on to the children because I'm not going to let you do your evil plans. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. They were driven out in his pride. But he didn't listen to the word of God, did he? He made up something else. When confronted, he rationalized why listening to God's word would not be right or practical or helpful. And he comes up with his own ways. Now we're going to stop here. And we'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. And from me to all of you, God bless you all. Keep your hearts centered on Christ. And we'll see you back here next time as we continue this really, really dramatic book of Exodus. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Exodus chapter 9, beginning at verse 8, all the way through to Exodus chapter 10, verses 1 through to verse 9. So scripture reads at um, Exodus chapter 9, verse 8. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take for yourselves handfuls of ashes from a furnace and let Moses scatter it towards the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh. Verse 9, and it will become fine dust in all the land of Egypt and it will cause boils that break out in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. Verse 10, then they took ashes from the furnace, from the furnace, sorry, um, and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses scattered them towards heaven, and they caused boils and that break out in sores on man and beast. So this one was done right in front of Pharaoh. So we can actually safely assume that Pharaoh was one of the first ones to that, that actually got boils. Verse 11 goes on to read, And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils <clears throat> were on the magicians and on all the Egyptians. So these magicians were actually everywhere with Pharaoh. They moved around everywhere with Pharaoh all the time. So they were his counselors. And, you know, they were his advisors and like his wise men. And they also got the boils as well that actually um, broke out in sores. 
So these magicians were able to actually duplicate the first three um, plagues, judgments, whatever they called. Um, yeah, judgments actually. Um, but after that, they were not able to duplicate them. So from the plague of the lice, uh, yeah, they were not able to actually duplicate from the plague of the, the, um, the lice upon the dust of the earth. So for the first time, God, um, God is now touching here in, in, in this particular plague, judgment, sorry. God is now touching man with these judgments, these plagues, as well as the beasts of the earth. So in that day, um, in Moses' time, the priests were, you know, spotless and they couldn't um, serve in a temple with any kind of sickness or illness as that meant they were unclean. So this brought to a halt all the false worship in Egypt. Imagine like, you know, in Memphis where there's like, there were all these temples and they had over 3,000 um, gods and there was so much temple worship. Now, you know, everything just came to a screeching halt because the priests were sick. So um, all these priests, they got boils. And, you know, all the people of Egypt, Pharaoh and his magicians, they um, they can't go to the temple anymore because they were um, sick. Verse 12 goes on to read, but... The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Verse 13, Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. So here it actually reveals the condition of the heart of Pharaoh. His heart is hard, and he's not letting go. So he is not, um, he's not conceding, he's uh, stubborn. Verse 14 goes on to read, For at this time I will send all the plagues to your very heart, on your servants and on your people, that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Now, if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth. Verse 16. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up and I, that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. So God here, what he is saying is that he will use Pharaoh to actually demonstrate his power throughout the entire earth. And God actually used this. He actually did this. And um, they got to know that God is the true, living, and eternal, and all-powerful God. Verse 17 goes on to read, As yet you exalt yourself against my people, in that you will not let them go. Verse 18, Behold, tomorrow... About this time I will cause very heavy hail to rain down such as not has been in Egypt since its founding until now. So the land of Egypt, it is a land of no rain. They get like very, very minimal, very little to none uh, rainfall. 
um, during the rain, rainy season. And now they will actually have rain, the kind which they actually could do without. Verse 19 reads, Therefore, send now and gather your livestock and all that you have in the field, for the hail shall come down on every man and every animal which is found in the field and is not brought home, and they shall die. Verse 20. He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee to the houses. So this is, you know, this actually is not a question of whether, you know, one believes God or not. God put out a warning. He put out a warning to these people. And many actually didn't believe God. And they were judged by the hail and they were destroyed. So God did give them a chance. You know, for those who might argue it out, like, no, God didn't actually give them a chance. And, you know, um, God should have given Pharaoh a chance to turn to him and all. This is what he's doing. He's giving them a chances. And these people were also warned they were given a chance. And actually, this holds good today um, of whether one actually believes God or not. Um, because people just want to live their lives like, you know, there's no impending judgment. Verse 21 reads, But he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. So this was um, their great disadvantage. And, um, you know, the god Isis is the goddess of the air, and she's one of the principal members of um, Theophany. She's, she was very prominent in the religion of Egypt. So Hale is directed against her. And this also touches mankind. Like I said earlier, you know, now these plagues are touching mankind and um, the beasts of the earth. Verse 22 reads then the lord said to moses stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be hail in all the land of egypt on man on beast and on every herb in the field throughout the land of egypt and moses stretched out his rod towards heaven and the lord sent thunder and hail and fire darted to the ground and the lord rained hail in the land on the land of egypt so there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, so very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became uh, a nation. And the hail struck throughout the whole land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field so those that actually didn't believe god made no provision for protection and today god has the same message for us judgment is coming and a man is not wise to go on as if nothing is going to happen we have a lot of these people and it was like so in noah's day you know everyone's just going by you know about their normal day and it will also be like so when he comes in judgment. So all God asks for us is to believe in him and have faith in him. Verse 26 
reads only in the land of Goshen where the children of Israel were there was no hail so from here on you know the land of Goshen is spared from the plagues coming on the land so the plagues the plague of hail had a huge impact on the land of Egypt you know that is if we read verse 31 um it reads now the flax and the barley were struck for the barley was in the head and the flax was in bud so the flax was for clothing and the barley was for food verse um and verse 32 also reads but the wheat and the rice uh were not struck for they are late crops so the wheat and rice were you know um they were they hadn't yet bloomed so they were not grown out and this was a judgment against food and clothing so god is now standing um he's sorry he's now striking at man and pharaoh was affected by all this but his heart was still hardened verse 35 reads so um the heart of pharaoh was hardened was hard neither would he let um the children of israel go as the lord had spoken by moses so pharaoh you know his heart is still hardened he's in rebellion against god and he is not letting the children of israel go and now we get to chapter 10 and here god prepares to move again and verse 1 reads now the lord said to moses go in sorry now the lord said to moses um go into pharaoh for i have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants that i may show these signs of mine before him verse 2 and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and <coughs> your son's son and mighty things i have done in egypt and my signs which i have done among them that you may know that i am the lord so god um you know he has many reasons for actually doing what he um does so one was and for doing what he actually did then so one was to make pharaoh reveal what was truly in his heart that he was a godless man so god is also demonstrating to his um own people before he actually got them to the wilderness what he was able to actually do and that he was able to deliver them out of egypt and um and to also bring them into the land that he had promised to give to abraham isaac and jacob and verse 2 actually uh, let me just read that again and says and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son the mighty things I have done in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them that you may know that I am the Lord. So here um, at 
the Passover, which is one of the oldest religious holidays, the Jewish religious holidays. And the story has been told about how God delivered his people out of the land of Egypt. Verse 3 goes on to read. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go. Verse 4. Or else, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory, and they shall cover the face of the earth so that no one will be able to see the earth and they shall eat the residue of what is left which remains to you from the hill and they shall eat every tree which grows up for you which grows sorry which grows up for you out of the field they shall fill their, your houses and the houses of your servants and the houses of all egyptians which neither your fathers nor your uh, father's fathers have seen since the day that they were on the earth to this day. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the man go, that they may serve the Lord. Um, that they may save, serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? So here the land of Egypt is being demolished, annihilated. And it's destroyed by these plagues coming on the land. So how long did um, Pharaoh plant naturally going on with his stubbornness? So why not make you know, a compromise with these people? This is what um, his Pharaoh's people are asking the servants. Like, you know, just let, um, let them go. They're telling him, come, come up with a compromise. Uh, scripture goes on to read, um, verse 8. So Moses and Aaron were brought against Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go serve the Lord your God, who are the ones that are going and Moses said, we will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks, with our flocks and our herd. We will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Then he said to them, the Lord had better be with you when I let you and your little ones go. Beware for evil is ahead of you not so go now you who are men and serve the lord for um that is what he desired and what and they were driven out from pharaoh's presence so moses and aaron um, are now brought in unto pharaoh and here we have um, his third compromise. So Pharaoh is telling Moses that they can actually go in the wilderness with the adults, but leave the children in the land and not go without them. It's like Pharaoh kind of had a feeling that, you know, when these people go, 
um, and everyone they take their children, they eat old and their um, and their beasts, um, their cattle, they will keep going and will not return. So he's trying to come up with a compromise here and trying to think he's clever. So Pharaoh tests Moses with a compromise. So is um, you know a child of God tested with a compromise today. And these four compromises are parallel in the Christian life. So the first compromise was um, Pharaoh. Um, the first compromise that Pharaoh actually told Moses to to do is to um, to actually offer sacrifices in the land. Yeah. Um, of Egypt so you know in correlation to today you know it's like people you know you have uh, you know as a Christian you know you, you, you think you know be a Christian but don't be narrow minded so be open minded and you know uh, and, and think outside the box that's what this basically means you know, the second compromise is um, be a Christian but don't go too far when Pharaoh told um, Moses to they can go in the wilderness but not too far and this is a compromise that we have the challenge that we face every day as um christians you know be a christian but just don't go too far if in this if one insists on doing certain things they should not make a practice of it you know, this is just compromise and then the third is you know it's the most subtle Temptation that we see is the most subtle of all. Mm. And lots of Christians are told today, go ahead and be a Christian, but remember, you know, your children are being brought up in this materialistic world, Egypt. And one wants to actually prepare them for um, the world, that's Egypt. And today... There is a conflict in, you know, the average Christian home with Christian parents. So children today are being brought up to actually fit into our modern society, which um, is um, contrary to Christianity. So as here, as they race to... Um, Sorry, sorry. Yeah, Christian. So here, as they have to actually fit in, because, um, you know, children are being, you know, you're raised in a Christian home instead of teaching them a Christian values and all, because you want them to fit in into the world. So we have today young people, and it's there, the millennials. We have young people who grew up with Christian parents, very lovely parents, and um, they are actually in rebellion. Because the parents didn't train the children. Um, because parents actually didn't train the children in Christian values. As they actually wanted them to fit into the world. Because you're saying you're raising kids who are going to fit into the business world. So you don't teach them Christian values. That you know, um, it's certain things that you can't do as a child of God. Like, um, you have to be ethical in business and all. So all that's thrown out of the window because, 
you're trying to make your child, you know, make it ahead in life. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.